traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Welcome to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We give voice to those who challenge a prevailing sentiment in global financial markets. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests were not compensated for their appearance, nor do they supply payment in order to appear. Individuals on this podcast may hold positions in the securities that are discussed. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. This podcast episode may have ads and the occasional announcement. To listen without ads or announcements and take advantage of a host of other benefits, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Prices start at $9 per month. Visit the website contrarian.supercast.tech. That's T-E-C-H for more information. Now, here's your host, Mr. Nathaniel E. Baker. This podcast episode was recorded on Wednesday, May 11th, and made available to premium subscribers that same day. Now, you'll notice a lot of the content here is quite timely. So getting the podcast episode at the earlier date would have been quite valuable. But don't get mad, get premium. Sign up at the website mentioned at the top, contrarian.supercast.com, or visit the substack contrarianpod.substack.com and sign up. Prices have gone up a little bit from the $9 a month mentioned at the outset. It's more like 11 or 12 but you do get a discount if you sign up for the full year. Now, there are a number of awesome benefits with the premium subscription service in addition to getting the podcasts early. And you also get them without these annoying ads or announcements, by the way. But you get a daily podcast a briefing every morning, every market day morning by 7 a.m., taking a look at the market moving events and data for the day ahead. So sign up at contrarian.supercast.com or contrarianpod.substack.com. If you have a Substack account, it's probably worthwhile doing it that way. Now on to today's episode. Here you go. This episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast is brought to you by Stock Market Hats. Stock Market Hats claim to be stylish and funny. Frankly, I wasn't that amused by some of them but maybe you will be. And it's not just hats either, but they have t-shirts, sports bras, socks, and even pet ID tags. It's worth checking out, and right now you can take advantage of a 10% discount on all merchandise. Go to stockmarkethats.com and enter the code CONTRARIAN before you check out and take advantage of this special offer. There is a referral link I will put in the show notes as well. Stock market hats claiming to be stylish and funny. Brooker Belcourt, CEO of Covey, thank you so much for joining the Contrarian Investor podcast here today. 
This is actually our second attempt at recording this. A week ago, we had a basically a, a failed attempt, but I, I want to talk about that in a minute. But uh, first of all, you have a long history on the buy side yourself, but you've started this firm now, Covey. And the premise is, and this is a very contrarian premise, and it is that retail investors are every bit as smart, not just as sell-side analysts, but actually as buy-side analysts, people at hedge funds. And you worked at it as, a, as an analyst at hedge funds on the buy-side, so you would know. So let's maybe start telling... Tell me about that. Tell me about how you, what, what you, what your prospects are here, how you do that, and then we'll get into markets because a lot's been going on, and I want to get us caught up in, on some of what your calls were last week when we first spoke. But let's start first. Tell me about Covey and how the how this works. Thank you for having me here. It's it's great to be here. I, you know, our contrarian thesis is that retail analysts are every bit as good as institutional analysts. And, you know, I've built Covey on this premise and, and we have some really interesting data to back up that thesis. And I'd love to share that with you today and, and jump into what it means um, to have this exceptional uh, group of individuals that we can draw a lot of knowledge and, and value from. Okay, cool. So basically, you, yeah, talk to me how this works. You have these individuals that provide their analysis to you in, in this, and, and you basically aggregate it? Yeah. So first, you know, what is Covey? Covey is, is open to anyone. It's, it's a free software where anyone can join, create a, a virtual portfolio. You don't have to connect any brokerage account, create a virtual portfolio. And um, every month we reward the best analysts on our platform with, um, with tokens of cryptocurrency. You know, we're creating this community uh, with the goal to find the best analysts for anyone to copy so that, you know, us as a community uh, can generate more wealth. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's pretty common. There's a lot of these, these happening. But now what is your special sauce and, and how does it, because you've had some calls here already that, that I touched on it. As we record this here on Wednesday, May 11th, markets have been taking a beating and you basically called this, and, and especially the, the crypto sell-off, uh, when we spoke a week ago, you said to watch for this. And so what is, yeah, what is the special sauce and how are you able to, to get this? Yeah, so I think there's definitely a lot of other places where you can have these virtual portfolios. I think there's a lot of social apps coming up with it and, and they publish things like the most popular stocks of the day or the biggest buys and sells. And you know that data is interesting, but you know, when we look at it, we're like, well, can I make money off this data? And, and the answer is usually no. And, and that's because they've got this community that's like roughly equivalent to the market. And it's just showing what the market's buying and selling in that given day. And I think the real value um, from having, you know, a transparent community is coming up with a, a way to rank all the different analysts in your community and have incentives for them to be at the top. And so what we've done is we've come up with a you know, community governed way of rewarding our analysts. And so we call this thing the alpha algorithm. And mm. it takes into account, obviously your performance, but also you know, your position hit rate, your position slugging. It's just, it's a good way to, to try and evaluate analysts on a really short-term basis and pay them out monthly while thinking about a long-term. So we have this alpha algorithm that, that ranks the best. And you know, the biggest takeaway we had 
was that in the top 10%, um, we kept rewarding the same analysts over and over again. And so we have you know, hundreds of people in our community and it was the same group of people that would receive rewards uh, month in and month out. And so we thought that was really interesting. And, and so we started to dig a little bit into like what that actually means. Okay, now how far back does that data go? Because uh, as you know, analysts, an analyst in one type of a market can be very good, but then when things shift, that same analyst can be less good. So how far, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, so we launched um, Covey about a year ago and we launched this community that rewards analysts um, in September. So we've got about eight months of data. And okay. you know, already we're seeing like really fascinating things where, you know, if you think about it, if the, if the market was totally random um, and you know, we were trying to uh, predict the top 10% of analysts in any given month, we would have about a 10% shot of predicting them if the market was totally random. Obviously, you know, you and I believe that the market's not random. And so, Actually, I'm not convinced, but go on. <laughs> you're not convinced. <laughs> True. Uh, so, you know, what we did is we looked at the data and anecdotally, we saw the same people getting paid in the top 10% every month. And so we thought, well, what could we predict, you know, next month's top 10% better than just randomly, right? If, you were, if it was totally random, you'd have a 10% shot of picking the top 10%. And we found that, you know, looking at the historical data, we could predict the top 10%, we could predict about 40% of that. And so we were like, you know, very, getting like very statistically significant results of using track records to predict um, the next month's great, great analysts. Huh, interesting. And I like your, so you see you have a hit rate and then a slugging ratio. So that brings in baseball terms here, which I'm not going to explain, but uh, well, except to say very quickly, like slugging is basically measures power as well as just hits. Um, can you talk about that and how that works? Yeah. So what you're talking about is the alpha algorithm uh -huh. that we've created to reward analysts. And so, you know, when we first built Covey, we wanted to reward analysts and we thought we could just use total percent gain in the month. And then quickly we found out that the analysts started to game us and would use like insane leverage and take crazy amounts of risk that didn't really make any sense. And so we came together and we thought, well, is there a better way to judge someone on a monthly basis than percent performance? So we started to add in position hit rate, which is you know, total uh, positions that are profitable divided by total positions, like number of positions. So that's hit rate. Um, and then we thought, well, actually, you know, someone can have a really high hit rate, but maybe they're not like doing exceptionally well on any of them. And there's another type of investor that, you know, maybe they only get like two out of 10 um, stocks right, but when they get it right, they are phenomenal, right? They're more like almost VC style investing. And that's what slugging does. Yeah. So slugging takes the total gains on profitable positions divided by the total losses on losing positions. Interesting. That's great. Okay. That's really interesting. I want to come back to Covey in a bit. But let's first let's bring the markets into this. And, and as I mentioned at the top, it's been a difficult time, a bear market. I mean, we've had a bear market in tech for several months now. The S&P is not quite there as we record this. It could get there by the end of this recording. Who knows? But what are your, and, and I touched on before that you were picking up a week ago on bearish crypto and bullish value signals. 
What are you picking up now as we record this around midday on Wednesday, May 11th? Yeah, so let me jump into like give you a little bit more evidence that this thing works. Um, so we, we you're talking about how I was able to predict you know the top ten percent um, to a greater degree than being a totally random market, right? I had a forty percent shot of predicting the top ten percent. And so if you take that like another step forward and you say, okay, well if I know that who these people are going to be in the next month, why don't I just invest in them? And so we created a portfolio that would take you know, the top 10% of analysts in April and invest in them on May 1st without knowing what they're going to do. And so we did this you know, over and over again, um, and we started it back in November once we started to get some data. And if you take the results of this group of analysts, so investing in you know, the top 10% of the prior month and, and, and seeing how they do over the next month and constantly refreshing this every month, you know, we found that our group um, is up like 35% right now. And, and, and that's phenomenal when you think about the market, as you're saying, is, is down, you know, with NASDAQ 27, S&P 17%. And so they are like dramatically outperforming the market. Yeah. So I think that's like a, a huge conclusion. And, you know, we should talk a little later about, you know, what this means. And, and it's, it's been described like academically as it's called like performance persistence. Right. And it's this really cool phenomenon that's been observed at hedge funds, mutual funds, private equity, and even in retail investors. And so it's this phenomenon of saying, if you, you know, find the best investors and invest in them in the next month, uh, they will outperform the market. Hmm. Like anecdotally, we kind of know this, you know, people are investing in Warren Buffett based on his track record uh, on the belief that he will do great in the future. So like we, we kind of know it exists. Um, there's a great book called Super Forecasters, which describes this with like political forecasting. We know about it. It's definitely observed. There's just no place um, where we can like create a community around this phenomenon. Mm. And mm. so that's what Covey's done. And the cool thing is, you know, we've created this transparent meritocracy and once you get everyone in the community believing that, you can have some really interesting takeaways. And mm. so, you know, to answer your question, you know, we, we can see what these top analysts portfolio looks like right now. Right. And I think that's like one of the more fascinating things, you know, to your viewers and, and to, to a lot of the people contributing to our community. Yeah. So tell me, what, does, what do they look like right now? Yeah. And so, you know, we talked a week ago and... You know, back then they were, you know, long commodities, um, you know, long like energy stocks and, and then long beaten down tech stocks and, and, and value stocks as well. And then short crypto, you know, that trade was up 4% since we last talked and where the market's down like 4 to 5%. And so that, that worked out really well. I would say the portfolio looks very similar. Right. It's, it's again, it's long commodities and like the, the fertilizer stocks, MOS, NTR, it's long, you know, financials, uh, long energy stocks, and then long some of those beaten up tech names um, you know, like Facebook and Baba. And what really? they've done is they've taken off the crypto exposure. There is no longs, uh, no shorts in crypto, which oh. is really fascinating because our group is, you know, definitely a little bit leans over index on the crypto side. 
And they've done particularly well because of that. And this is one of the few times that they just have no exposure on it. Uh, when you say crypto, you, you mean the actual um, cryptocurrencies, not um, stocks like Coinbase or... No, like I, just Bitcoin and Ethereum. Sure. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's that's fascinating. When did this change occur with uh, with crypto? But although it sounds like they've gotten a little more positive here, or at least less negative over the last week where they were outright short a week ago, and now they're just neutral. Yeah, it's definitely... You know, it's it's changed a lot. I think for a long time they were riding crypto up, and then in the last month, um, as the growth stocks have started to tank, you've seen them go off and go negative, and and now they're they're taking it off. And I, I think it's you know we also have this other data set, which I think is 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 really fascinating, is taking the flip side of it and saying, well, what what if I took the bottom fifty percent of analysts? And I invested in them in the next month. You know, how does that portfolio do? You know, and I, I found myself, I'm hanging out in the bottom 50% right now. My portfolio is not doing so great. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not trying not to be hurt by it, but it's, you look at it and, and just being purely objective, that portfolio investing in the bottom 50% um, is down, you know, 30 to 40% this year. So like more than the NASDAQ. Um, and you know, what they're holding now is, is there, you know, long, the growth stocks, mm. long gold, um, mm. and they were quite long crypto for a while. And to the last week they are selling crypto, um, pretty aggressively, but they still mm. have, you know, a, rather outsized positions in crypto. Mm. So maybe some capitulation there in crypto, but this whole thing, I mean, isn't this just, you know, kind of. The premise that past performance will provide future results is not ultimately your bet here. If you're if you're investing in the people that performed well in the last month, yeah, it's it is it is essentially that. It's basically saying, you know, there is no other better way to find out who is a great analyst other than past results. Hmm. Well, I guess that's fair enough. But I mean, you mentioned Warren Buffett at the outset. There's only one Warren Buffett. And even hedge funds, and, and you may know this, like from, from my past life of co- covering hedge funds as a reporter and, and editor, I looked into this pretty closely about how well they had performed over time. And there's very few, you can count them on one hand that, have, that I know of, that have over like, a, we're talking like multi-decades, over 20 years or, or 30 years that have managed to beat the market consistently. Um, I mean, I can name you know, one of them is Renaissance, you know, and, and then there's a couple other ones. But how, how do you adjust for that? And those are some of the smartest, most well compensated, certainly people in, in the world. Right. And, and so how is it that retail guys and women are able to, to beat that? Yeah, it's, it's a really great question. So being totally honest, you know, Covey's been around a short period of time. Yeah. It'd be crazy for me to just say, Hey, this is what we're seeing now is going to exist forever. Like we know our top 10% outperform right now. We don't have that much data. So I had to dig deeper into this thesis because it's a big part of, you know, our community and there's been tons of uh, research on this. So academic research on it and, 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 you know, obviously everyone's trying to find the next great manager. So um, I think it's it's a very well covered topic, and 
what the phenomenon you're describing is called performance persistence. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's been studied really heavily. And, you know, one of my favorite studies is this one done um, by these Harvard PhDs. And so they somehow got a hold of retail brokerage data and they looked at it, you know, over a long period of time. And, and the key takeaway of the study, you know, can individual investors beat the market, uh, is that there is this positive correlation across time between the performance of different accounts. And so basically they saw that, that those in the top 10% outperformed those in the bottom 10% um, by about 8% a year. And so doing a similar strategy that we talked about at Covey um, would get you like 8% of alpha. And this study um, it, you know, is really amazing because it's hard to get all this data together, but people have also done this for like mutual funds and retail investors uh, mutual funds and hedge funds and even PE, and they do notice this phenomenon and, and they've noticed that like the track record has been a better indicator of, of future performance than like what school they went to um, or like what firm they're at. It's just, it's, it's literally the track record. Like you even see it across individuals moving across different funds. Hmm. And if you follow their track record, they did a great study on private yeah. equity where you can actually see that happen. Okay. That's fascinating. Okay. What do, why do you think that is? Is it just that there is this ability to pick stocks or make investments that some people just have and others don't? Or, or is that as simple as that? You know, f- from my personal experience, so my background, I was at Citadel most recently yeah. as an analyst uh, managing an internet book there underneath a PM and a consumer group. And, you know, before that, I was at a Tiger Cub. Before that, I was at KOTU. And when I was interviewing candidates, um, and, you know, talking to tons of different people, I could never find like one thing that would let me know if someone was a great investor. They, they talk about all different things. They come in all shapes and sizes. Like, it is so hard to find something that would allow you to know who is really great. And the only way that we, we knew was, was track record. Mm. And so I think that's, it's just, it's the best thing we have. Is it like, is it this amazing thing that can predict everything? No. But it does exist in the top. And I think if you think about like sports analogies, um, that's really helpful, right? If you think like the people who are, you know, great athletes tend to stay great athletes, like the turnover of the top 1% of athletes is actually relatively small. And, you know, obviously there's not many people question whether, you know, baseball or football are like an efficient market. Um, we, We believe it's not that efficient. But, you know, you see that same phenomenon show up there. And so if you think that like investing could be in some ways like not efficient, then, you know, the best way to find the great ones is to look purely on the data, much mm. like the best way to find the great athletes is to just look at their, their data, their statistics. Yeah, but that analysis is kind of incomplete because the athletes like Tom Brady, obviously the best quarterback, whatever. The, the, the rules, they might change a little bit over time, but they're not going to be changed from one day to the next without announce, without any kind of predictions. It's not like he's going to, in the middle of a game, all of a sudden he's going to have to go upfield or like all of a sudden he's only going to have two downs or something like that, which is kind of what you have to deal with as an investor. Things change from one minute to the next. Entire premises are thrown out. 
And we've seen this and, and how things quickly things can turn. And so it, it's like the rug gets yanked out from under you. Um, but I guess they're able to do it anyway. Yeah, it's there seems to be this phenomenon that the great tend to stay great in in any environment. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure if you ask Tom Brady, he would argue that probably the circumstances change a lot more um, than than we would believe from watching. Yeah, but Tom Brady is shilling cryptos. Let's not forget about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. No, that's, that's all, that's wow. This is all very interesting. So, I mean, last question on this before we go to break, what, what, um, have you been able to find any type of quality that does allow you to identify, is it other than track record? Is there anything else that these people have in common? You know what? Definitely not. I think Uh what, what we really want to encourage is, Covey's open to anyone. It's totally free to use. And we have found that the the people on Covey who are great are not similar in in like any other ways to to the other people who are great. They are, some of them are technical analysts. Some of them are pure fundamental. Um, Some of them are like swing traders. It's, they, they come in all different shapes and sizes. They're from all over the world. Um, there is like very few ways. And I think that's the best part is like, it's a pure meritocracy. It doesn't matter what school you went to. Uh, it doesn't matter who, you know, if you're good at investing, I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going to trust that your track record is going to be better than any way I can find, uh, to, to pick you out. Yeah. I guess this doesn't bode well for the rest of us who have not had very good performance in our investing careers, whether we were professionals or, or amateurs. And you know how they say you should learn from your mistakes. And maybe that just doesn't matter because if you keep making them, you're just maybe not that good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, it's really interesting. It's been like, it's, I've learned a lot. I have not found myself in the top 10% consistently. And so I still love investing. I'm still going to keep doing it, but now I'm more focused on trying to find these best ones and allocate more of my wealth to them um, so that I can benefit from the upside to their investing strategy. And, you know, I can always play around with a little bit on my own, but like, just cause I love something doesn't need, doesn't mean I need to be playing in the major leagues with everyone else and getting my ass kicked every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I can actually like, you know, bet on other people to do that work for me. And I think it's just been really hard to find those great people hmm. for so long. Sure. All right. Fascinating discussion here. Brooker Belcourt. Thanks so much. Let's, we're going to come back. I want to come back and, and get into this a little bit more. And especially if we can, pick some more stuff out of the markets in terms of individual stocks that may over or underperform over the next, I guess, couple of weeks or so. And the time horizon on your thing is one, one, one question that I have when we come back. But I first want to take a quick break and give our sponsors a chance to make themselves heard. If you are a premium subscriber, do not touch the dial. You will not get the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. In fact, we already are. And to become a premium subscriber, you can visit the website contrarianpod.substack.com and sign up. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast, where we give voice to those who challenge a prevailing narrative in global financial markets. Consider becoming a premium subscriber. For $9 a month or less, premium subscribers receive a number of benefits. Podcasts are posted immediately after they're recorded. Transcripts are made available within 24 hours. Premium subscribers get direct access to the host and access to private channels on our Discord server. 
they also get generous discounts to our virtual conferences and other services. And of course, there are no ads or interruptions. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. That's contrarian.supercast.tech. This episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast brought to you by Stock Market Hats. Stock Market Hats claim to be stylish and funny. Some of them say things like, end the Fed, don't tax the rich, I heart the Fed, Dr. Parikh Patel, not back office. Okay, that one is actually kind of funny. Market cap cap, that's also pretty funny. And some other ones. You may know their Twitter, at Stock Market Hats. But check it out, stockmarkethats.com, and enter contrarian at checkout to take advantage of a 10% discount. Right, welcome back, everybody, here with Brooker Belcourt, CEO of Covey. Uh, Brooker, this is the section of the show where our guest tells us more about themselves, um, their background, how they came to investing, and how they came to their current station in life professionally. I know you hail from Canada, right? Yes. Um, but but yeah, so you don't have to go back all that far or as, as far as you want to take us, but what is your origin story to put things into Marvel terms here? Yeah, let me just work my way backwards. So first, you know, I'm the founder of Covey, and Covey is this analyst-owned community created to find and reward the next top money manager so that anyone can copy and, you know, everyone can generate more wealth. And so, you know, how I got to this place was first, it started with just a, a passion for investing. Um, you know, I, I've been working at hedge funds for the last you know, six or seven years. Most recently, I was at Citadel as an analyst there. Uh, you know, before that, I was at a Tiger Cub. Uh, and before that, I was at Co2, um, you know, investing in a lot of fintech and, and internet stocks, uh, all like, you know, highly liquid publicly traded stocks. Um, you know, I started my career at Goldman in investment banking in the fintech space in 2008. And so right in the chaos of it Good year all. to start. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it really comes down to like, I just, I absolutely love investing. Um, you know, I, I worked my way through all these different hedge funds and, and learned a ton and, and saw that all these great people who are like the top investors at these different hedge funds you know, I, I couldn't really tell how they got there. They all had these different backgrounds. There wasn't like one stereotype that fit them all. Um, and so when I left the, the hedge fund world, I kind of had that idea in my head. And, um, you know, I, I started trading around in cryptocurrencies and uh, I started having some decent trades. This was in 2019 before things were, were too liquid and it became a little harder, but I started to you know, have some decent trades and thought, hey, maybe one day I could become a manager and start a fund out of this. Um, but there was no tool that allowed me to uh, have a track record that was shareable to anyone. And so, you know, how could I launch a fund if I had all these like different accounts at all these different exchanges um, and there was no one place to consolidate them? I didn't really want to connect all my brokerage accounts to, to some you know, untrusted uh, website. So I built Covey for myself and I thought I could build start building a track record. So I started posting um, my trade ideas on a blockchain. And so I thought, hey, if I have um, all these ideas out there on a public immutable ledger, um, that will be proof that I did what I really, what I said I did. And I 
then created a website that took that data and gave me like hedge fund level analytics. So, you know, 50 metrics every five minutes. And so that way I now had like an immutable track record and shareable portfolio analytics that I could give to anyone. And so that worked great for me. And, and then people started using it. And, mm. you know, we had a lot of students come in to Covey to use it, to learn how to become better uh, investors. And then some professors started using it. Then students wanted to use it to get jobs. And then some hedge funds wanted to use it internally to, to be more transparent about their analysts' ideas and give them um, you know, accountability to their ideas. So all these use cases uh, started to spin off this like really sophisticated you know, mock portfolio software backed by an immutable record on the blockchain. And so you know, what, where it really clicked is when we started rewarding people in September on a monthly basis for their performance. And, and that was awesome. We started to have incentives for people to, to do better. And then we started to see this, this incredible data show up where these this top 10% of analysts were doing so well. And so you know, we really now devoted ourselves to building out this community um, so that we can generate you know, insights and in, in, in how to invest better. And we can really you know, create this like non-zero sum um, community where we can all do better by sharing our ideas in a transparent meritocracy. And, and, you know, we're building products towards that vision of investing in the best only. Hmm. Very cool. And so, it, so this is actually built on blockchain technology. Yeah. So we, you know, for Covey, it's super easy to use. You just, anyone can join. It's totally open. We really want to make sure it's really easy to use. You just join by, creating um, a portfolio like Facebook 10%, Google 5%, IBM 5% and hit save portfolio. And, and we handle all the blockchain stuff for you. Um, and so what we do is every time you place a trade, we record that on, um, on some blockchains that are Ethereum compatible. So the blockchains are you know, Polygon and, and, and uh, Scale, but you know, we handle all that. And then at the end of the month, if you're one of the, the best, uh, investors on the platform, we reward you. And we also use the blockchain for that because we have investors in Australia and Ireland, and we have no way to get the money other than using an Ethereum address. So it's super efficient for paying out uh, all these people uh, for their great work. Hmm. Too bad that the market's been eating into those, uh, the what the payout is from the, <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Um, so how many people do you have now on the platform? Yeah, so in a given uh, in a given month, we've got you know over a hundred analysts competing, and you know they're going for I think it's like a few thousand dollars in rewards right now, and uh, and those get distributed right at the end of the month. Okay, so a few hundred uh, about a hundred you said yeah that, that are on there, and what what is their background like? Are they are they former buy siders, former sell siders, or, or are they retirees? Are they just yeah. Yeah. Across. You know, it's, it's, I would say the consistent thing about them is they're really passionate about investing. Uh, it ranges from the hobbyists, um, you know, maybe they're a software developer or, or maybe they're just, um, you know, something, you know, maybe they're even a professional um, investor on, on the side and they want to, you know, have a portfolio that explores an asset class they're not into. Um, so it really, it ranges in a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I can't put them into any box. They're passionate about investing. They love talking stocks. They wake up thinking about it. 
they watch shows like this. Um, that's, that's the best I can explain. Is, has there been any kind of um, indication as far as investing style and which ones are more successful? Like the top 10, are they, are they more fundamental analysts? Are they, are they quants? Are they, I certainly hope they aren't technicians because that would blow a whole bunch of stuff out of the water, but yeah. But what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The investing style, you know, there's, there's a decent mix, but I would say the ones who tend to do the best are the ones who have some conviction and can hang around and and just don't turn over their, their portfolio as much. Um, okay. but, but you don't know what they're basing the, the picks on, the investments. Yeah, we, we, we have abilities for them to share their thesis and uh-huh. share their models. Um, and so you can look into that. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't put them into one sort of style. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, we, we judge them by their track record. No, no, I, I get that. I was just curious yeah. if, any, if anything had emerged, that anything was more... more was showing up more than anything else than others. They're, they, I mean, the, the great ones are adaptable, you know, mm-hmm. they're, really? they're in the value stocks when it matters they're in the growth stocks when it matters. It's, uh-huh. it's incredible how they can move around. Sick of me yet? Become a premium subscriber and avoid all ads or interruptions. Other benefits as well. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. So now let's talk about what this looks like now. And we touched on it. We talked about it a little bit, how you said that the, 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 top, the top ones right now are still bullish on the value names. And now when we say value names, can we narrow that down any, any further, um, any particular sector? Yeah, I'm happy to jump into it. And I think the, the biggest takeaway before I go into all this is, you know, a lot of the times, you know, you're able to craft a story about how all these ideas fit together with some macro view. Uh, you know, you think interest rates are going this way or inflation is going that way. You know, we're a collection of the best analysts purely based on track record. And the cool thing is, is, is they don't fit into just one narrative. And so it's much more diversified because we take, you know, a group of, you know, the top 10%. So if it's communities a hundred, that's 10 different people. And so they, they may have a portfolio that both believes interest rates are going to go up and interest is going to go down and we're not going to have inflation. We're going to have inflation. So they have, they're definitely um, diversified. So I'm not going to try to craft a narrative. I'll just explain you yeah. know, what we're seeing, Fair enough. what we're seeing now. It's, you know, it's long, um, as I was saying, it's, it's long commodities, um, it's long um, utilities, uh, definitely like the value stocks. It's long, you know, Intel, uh, Baba. It's long um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of like MOS, NTR um, right now. And then it's short, basically, the, the NASDAQ and the meme stocks. When you say commodities, um, is that... I mean, is this the actual commodity tracked by an ETF or, or is it the futures or, or is it commodity stocks? Or? So the way it works with Covey is they can invest in any liquid US okay. ETF or US equity or uh, cryptocurrency and just mostly the liquid ones. So, you know, with commodity, we still have some people being exposed to USO right. um, as, as a play on, as a play on sure. oil. So, so they are still bullish on, on oil. That's interesting. 
Okay. Yeah, right now. And this stuff changes. And so we have it live on our website. And yeah, that's the other thing is, is how, how long do these things hold for? Like, yeah, I mean, the markets move quick, especially nowadays. Like when you, how, how long, how often do you look at this and how, how, how long do you think that these, these, the, the, that sense, is it on a monthly or, or yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't think there's one formula to it. I think it's just like the way you manage your portfolio. Um, you know, you, maybe you set out to have a, a hold of 18 months, but that could change in five days. And so right. it's adjusted. I think, you know, when we last chatted a week ago, they were short crypto, that trade went off last night. Um, I noticed that happened. So, okay. you know, things move pretty quick. You know, we're, you know, we're really trying to build a better way to start tracking this data because we're seeing the value in it. Huh. And so as a, somebody who's on the platform, can you get onto the platform and just get access to that information without submitting anything or do you have to be a, a user as well? Yeah. So we're, we're opening it up right now. And so if you go to covey.io, you can see this data, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're allowing anyone to use it. And, and I think the key that makes it more valuable is that people contribute to it and start adding their picks and, and, and hopefully they can rise to the top and, Either way, it's just really fun uh, to, yeah. to have a transparent meritocracy. So I think, you know, our community just has a lot of fun with this and there's no risk. You can't lose any money. Um, you can only earn rewards each month. So I think, you know, we really just want to keep it, keep the fun aspect alive. And, and I think that it, it can grow um, in value the more people we have, right? If you, if you actually think about it, if we got to like 3000 analysts on here, you know, that would be bigger than, um, you know, the pool of hedge fund analysts on mm -hmm. Wall Street. And if we took, you know, the top 10% from there, we're talking 300 people, maybe we even narrow more like the top 1%. We're talking 30 people that are going to be better than a lot of the top hedge fund analysts because it's just we're fishing from a significantly larger pool. Hmm. And so I think, you know, when I said my contrarian pick is that retail is, is going to generate just as much alpha as institutional. It's really the retail analysts are going to beat them by numbers. Yeah. And if, if this thesis holds up that like the top, the great investors stay great, you know, the retail pool is open to anyone, you know, not anyone can get a job at, at Citadel or, yeah. or 0.72 or millennium. Um, and so we can just, we can just with Kavi, we can, you know, beat them by numbers and we can create this valuable community and, you know, gain the data from it and you know we're, we're generally shut out of, of hedge funds where a lot of the good ideas sit you need a million dollars to be able to invest in them if they're open and so yeah. you know we need some sort of product that we can create uh, together and uh, that's what we're trying to do with yeah. Covey. Interesting. And I'm curious, I will be curious actually to see what the if what the curve looks like as you ramp up as you get more people if it if it does become even better or if it stays about the same um just based on sample size and stuff um yeah i'm curious how that's going to work out yeah i think i my view is that with numbers we should get significantly better results and we can start narrowing it from what it is now top 10 percent. i think if we got down to top one percent hmm. um, you know we could launch a really compelling product off that yeah. Do you suspect this was always the case that retail was just as good as, as institutional and we just didn't hear about it because retailers don't market? Um, or, or is this something that has changed in recent years due to technology? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good question. I think a lot of industries are going through this like, you know, money ball 
um, type change where, you know, recruitment uh, used to be based off who you know, what school you went to. And now it still is. No, kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> it's important to note it is still that way. Um, but I think now, you know, we're starting to realize like, hey, we can use data to evaluate candidates and we can use data to select these amazing people and create uh, this meritocracy. And so I think that, you know, maybe this, um, you know, the retail analysts, you know, probably had that skill set before, but I don't think there were products that would allow them uh, to compete um, with, you know, the top institutional investors and, and even be found. Like, I don't, I don't know how you would find all these yeah. different style people. There was just never a product for that. Mm. And so, you know, we created that. And then there's also with that, like, there's obviously other products too, right? You know, before it'd be hard to compete with a hedge fund analyst if you didn't have a Bloomberg subscription. But now there's a lot of cool products like, you know, Coifin that allow you to have really compelling data um, to like a similar degree as an institutional analyst. And so there's like this leveling up out of data. And, and then my final point on this one is, you know, when I was at Citadel, we paid millions of dollars for a lot of different data. And you know, that would be like the credit card data, app usage data, traffic data, satellite data. And I think we've gotten to a point in the hedge fund world where like the alpha has been squeezed out so much of that data and almost to the degree that it may actually be providing some negative alpha. Mm-hmm. And, and so that now that it's level, the, you know, the ability for retail to compete with institutional is now like getting much narrower as, as institutional just gobbles up all this data and, 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 and destroys the alpha in it. Hmm. And so that, you know, all those things together give the retail analysts, you know, a much better shot now. Hmm. Really fascinating. Wow. What an interesting conversation here. Brooker Belcourt, thank you so much for joining the Contrarian Investor Podcast today. Of course, as a believer in narratives, this kind of shoots a bunch of holes into that whole theory. But, um, <laughs> but like we said, maybe there is, the, you know, I've always thought that there is some value to having the contrarian thesis in mind, even if you don't actually follow it. Um, but if your narrative is just that, you know, the best stock pickers are the best stock pickers, then there you go. <laughs> but anyway, um, in closing, maybe tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and about the product. You mentioned the website covey.org. I.O. I'll put all this in the show notes as well so you can access it quickly. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great chatting with you and I love listening to the podcast and definitely I'm a sucker for a good story. So I'm going to keep listening regardless of, uh, of uh, you know, the anything else. And so, yeah, the way to join Covey, just go to covey.io. It's free. There's no risk. Come join our community. Start contributing to it. You can earn rewards every single month. Very cool. And you're not on the social media at all? Yeah, we're on Twitter as well. Um, oh, you are? Okay, what's that? What's that? Uh, Covey underscore IO. Oh, cool. Did you mention that? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's... I just okay, did. all right. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. All right. Thanks so much, Brooker. Thank you all for listening and look forward to speaking to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To subscribe to this podcast, simply open your favorite podcast software and search for Contrarian Investor. Follow us on social media by searching for Contrarian Investor on Twitter and Instagram. Send us your thoughts on feedback at contrarianpod.com. 
We look forward to speaking to you again next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.